Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warrior Project podcast. My name is Emmeline. I'm a mental health consultant. Over the last 10 or so years, I've endured extreme trauma and I also manage bipolar naturally. This podcast is a platform for me to share all of the unconventional wisdom that I've acquired over the last 10 years. If expansion is your thing, this is where it's at. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Warrior Project. This is literally the third time that I've attempted to record this episode. The first time, my little cavoodles were having a war. The second time, some idiot on a dirt bike was like fanging it, fanging it around the roundabout. And I was like, oh. (laughs) So anyway, third time lucky. Um, I've just come back from the beach. So I live two minutes away from the beach and quite often I go down there on my own. Um, So I was just down there for about half an hour, just like mucking around in the water and whatever. And while I was down there, I couldn't help but be consumed with ideas, thoughts, themes, and realizations surrounding shame. And everything else that comes along with shame, the sensations, uh, the mechanisms, the cycles. And something that I notice about myself or my past self and current clients is that shame seems to be a massive theme that is the thread that exists within a lot of people's personal cycles. So I wanted to spend a bit of time today talking about shame. The thing about shame is that when we are consumed by it, it is not possible for us to give and receive love. So if we are consumed by shame or if we are in a posture of shame, we put up a block between ourselves and love and we also make it very difficult for us to be vulnerable. So when we are consumed with feelings of shame, it's very difficult for us to open up to other people because shame keeps us small. Shame keeps us constricted and restricted. Um, Shame, if shame could talk, so let's for a moment just have a bit of a dialogue with shame. Let's just imagine shame is a person. So if shame could talk, it would say, you need to hide yourself. You need to conceal this. You need to keep this a secret. You need to hide this part of yourself because it is ugly and it's not worthy of love and it's embarrassing and you don't deserve love and you don't fit in anywhere and this part of you doesn't belong anywhere and you need to exclude this from you um, and from your life. You need to exclude it. We need to push it to the side and bury it very, very deep. So this is basically what shame, the feelings and sensations of shame translate to in a verbal dialogue. The thing about shame is quite often the things that we feel ashamed about tend to be experiences that they tend to be experiences or parts of us that have endured something when we were in a state of being vulnerable. 
if we were in a state of purity or innocence, or if we were in a state of extremely low self-worth and didn't know any better. And that's what my relationship is with shame now. So something that really helped me significantly dissolve shame and almost transmute it into something else, which I ended up transmuting it into compassion, empathy, and forgiveness. The dialogue that I found myself having with shame is that I forgive you, Emmeline, for thinking that you were nothing more than a piece of shit. I forgive you for not knowing what you know now. And I don't even resent you for the experiences that you engaged in because you didn't think that you were worth anything more. And realistically, when I look at the things that you've done, you were desperate for love because you didn't know that you have unconditional access to it. You didn't think you were lovable. So you were desperate for trying to find it and cling on to it externally. You've only ever wanted love. How can I condemn you for just wanting love? And if I look back at... If I look back at the parts of myself that I feel great shame over, I mean, such as my indecent assault experience with a health professional, I went back to him six times. Um, That was a combination of confusion, vulnerability, desperation to get better, um, not knowing any different, allowing myself to be manipulated. And to top it off, I thought that I was such a piece of shit that I deserved what was happening to me. So if I separate my sense of self from that part of me and from that experience, how can I condemn that girl? How can I condemn a girl that doesn't know any better, that thinks that she's worthless, thinks that she's useless, thinks that she has zero value? How can I, from the space that I'm in now, how can I condemn her and exclude her? I I can't, I simply can't. I have to include her and integrate her as a part of who I am and as a part of something that I was forced to go through in order to truly understand and know what self-love and boundaries are. There's a really, really shameful experience that I endured whilst I was dabbling in drugs. Um, It's so vivid. I'll never forget it. I was doing drugs um, at the dealer's house and his nephew walked in and his nephew was very young. And I remember having the drugs like right in front of him and I stopped and hesitated and froze and the dealer was like, no, no, it's all good. Like, don't worry about it. He sees it all the time. And I had like an out of body experience and a voice just basically was like, this is not who you are. This is not the life that you want for yourself. And I used to carry a lot of shame and embarrassment over that experience. Um, But now I don't because I look back on that version of me and everything that I did in that period of my life was in an attempt to run from the darkness that I was experiencing because I didn't know 
how to transmute it. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how to self-validate, how to self-empathize. There were so many skills that I have now that I simply didn't have back then. And I was doing the best that I could with what I had at that age. And I don't know, there's shame around other things that I've done and other relationships I've engaged in, friendships, platonic or not. And I look back at that version of myself and I think, man, I wish I could just go back in time and embrace this version of me and just say, you don't have to sacrifice yourself like this in order to get love. Like you don't have to do anything to be loved. And I have clients that have been subjected to childhood trauma and abuse and they carry shame around that. And I have to really, really carefully coach them to separate that experience from their sense of self because we only tend to suffer a lot and be consumed by shame when we are attaching our sense of self way too much to something. So a lot of the clients that I see, they attach majority of their identity to this traumatic experience. So part of what I have to do with them is coach them to separate themselves emotionally and spiritually, separate themselves from this version of themselves, from this experience, and open up a dialogue. I mean, something that I say to them is if that five-year-old version of you walked into this office right now and told you what had just happened to them, would you condemn them? And they're like, no, no way. And I'm like, but that's essentially what you're doing. So I think shame only feels big and scary initially. The best way to dissolve shame is to separate our sense of self from the experience that's generating the shame open up a dialogue with that version of ourselves and try and develop a very deep, profound, connected sense of empathy so that you can understand the context of what was going on at the time so that it's smoother and easier for you to develop an understanding, empathy and compassion. We tend to feel a lot of shame when we are judging past versions of ourselves because we are refusing to understand and conceptualize and contextualize what was going on at the time. This sort of work, it's very, very uncomfortable. It's very heavy and it's very confronting. However, if you allow yourself to revisit the very experiences that conjure up the most amount of shame and you actually look at them and you look at that version of yourself and you isolate. I'm making a like a shape with my hands of like putting the experience in a tiny little box and isolating it and uh, in isolating it and separating it from the rest of your identity. It doesn't feel as big because it isn't that big. It shouldn't be as big as what you're making it out to be. The thing that you feel the most ashamed about is magnified in your perception. So your self-perception is sometimes riddled with these shameful experiences. However, these shameful experiences are magnified through your lens of perception. I cannot tell you the amount of times I have had a client share with me a very, very vulnerable, shame-driven experience that they've endured 
and I've almost seen them brace themselves for my response. And I've sat there and gone, like in my head, I was like, is that it? And I've said to them, I don't know why you're feeling shame about that. I mean, if I could tell you how many people have endured that or how many people have gone through that as well, or, you know, I have to remind them of what that version of them was going through at that time in their life. And when we start to separate them from the experience and actually expand our awareness and expand our view of the context and everything else that's going on, the shame starts to dissolve. It feels less heavy. It's not as prominent. And in doing that, we allow an entry point to open. And with that entry point, we allow in compassion, understanding, sometimes if it's relevant, forgiveness. And in doing that, judgment starts to dissolve. We only judge the things that we don't understand. Apply that to yourself. If you're out and about and you witness a conversation or you meet someone and they say something, sometimes without realizing you judge them, but I can guarantee you, you're judging them because you don't understand them. You don't understand the the context. You don't understand their life their experiences, maybe you you don't understand their belief system. We are less likely to judge the parts of ourselves that we deeply understand. This is why I am constantly in a state of empathy, compassion, and interconnectedness with myself. I'm a lot less critical of myself now And I don't really judge myself. And that's purely because I have developed such an intense, deep understanding of myself and all parts of me. If I'm triggered because of my self-awareness being as sharp as what it is, if I'm triggered, I'm able to pinpoint which part of me feels threatened, where it's come from, and I'm able to dissolve that trigger, release it and process it quite efficiently. The only reason that is, is because I have spent a lot of uncomfortable hours and sessions, both with a mentor and on my own, understanding myself. And rather than condemning and judging the ugly, dark, shameful parts of myself, I've actually forced myself to sit with them and look at them. And I've forced myself to be consumed by a lot of uncomfortable experiences simply because I want to understand the context. I want to understand what was going on with me at the time, what I actually endured, what I actually experienced. And I guarantee you when you are observing and revisiting an experience and you're doing it from a place of I am not that, I am separating myself and observing, What you experience is different and you see things differently. You'll notice that when you've overcome a trauma or overcome something and you look back and you recount it, you're able to, you have a different perspective of it because you're not in it. And quite often you might find yourself saying, man, I can't believe you know, I can't believe I let that happen or man, I would never let that happen again or I can't believe I went through that. 
the only reason that you're able to make remarks like that is because you're not in it anymore. You're separate from it. A lot of us, we tend to be able to successfully separate ourselves from good things or like relationships that have ended. It's quite easy for us to separate our identity from things like that. However, if there have been past experiences that have magnified and intensified our sense of self and generated shame, we tend to cling on to them and we tend to over-identify with those experiences. Shame can be multi-layered, multifaceted, and at times complex. Um, A lot of the time I have clients that are riddled with shame because they haven't allowed themselves to fully immerse their self-awareness and their perspective. They haven't allowed that to be fully immersed by that experience. They haven't allowed themselves to be vulnerable with themselves. This isn't a matter of exposing this part of yourself to the entire world. This isn't a matter of being vulnerable and open with the entire world. This is a matter of developing an intimate, close sense of vulnerability with yourself. If you can't be vulnerable in just your own space with only you there, if you can't expose yourself simply to yourself, you will never have the depth and the connections that you're longing for. Everything that you're longing for, the compassion, the forgiveness, the safe space to be yourself, the understanding, the empathy, the connection, It's not going to come from an external person because I can guarantee you if you try and jump into depth with an external person and you're still carrying a lot of emotional burdens from your past and you're still carrying shame and you're still carrying self-judgment, straight away there is a blockage that will pop up between you and the other person or there will be a blockage that pops up between you and love. The only way for you to develop deeper relationships, more vulnerable, more open, and really deepen your connections is for you to develop a more intimate dynamic with yourself. This sort of work is not for the faint-hearted and this sort of work is very uncomfortable. I will admit it. Um, However, I literally can't imagine my life being any other way. And I feel like my relationship with my partner is so open and vulnerable because I'm that way with myself. I have forced myself to be extremely intimate with myself and to embrace all the parts of me and to forgive myself for not knowing what I know now and to remind myself that I'm not those things and that they've all been pivotal points in my personal curriculum and I give myself compassion more than I condemn myself because I look back on the things that I endured and I, I just, man, I pray to the universe and I'm just feel so grateful about what I know now. I feel so grateful that I'm in this state of worthiness and value and that I know I never have to betray my own needs or neglect myself for other people in order to be valuable. And my partner has been, vulnerable with me and opened up to me 
And I think the only reason is because of what I've done in my own journey with my own personal sense of self and the dynamic that I have with myself. And I mean, this is a man who is very rugged, very masculine, um, has a criminal history and he will quite openly talk to me about his emotions and express himself and cry and express himself in a myriad of ways without a filter. And man, it's the best relationship. I wouldn't change it for anything. You could not pay me to change it. Um, when you develop this, this vulnerable, open, deep connection with someone, you literally, nothing else matches it. And you can't imagine, you can't imagine having surface level dynamics after that. Um, everything just feels deeper and it just feels better. Um, and it's more fulfilling but that is a byproduct of the intimate relationship that you develop with yourself. This sort of, these sort of like external circumstances that deepen and improve and become more fulfilling for you, they're a byproduct of your own personal growth and development. And a lot of the time, growth and development demands solitude, vulnerability, and exposure just with yourself. Quite often I say to clients, you don't have to tell me this intimate detail about yourself, but you have to allow yourself to see it in solitude without me around. I don't need to know it, but you need to know it. You need to see it. You need to look at it. You need to embrace it and you need to separate yourself from it. So I know that there's, is that that guy on a dirt bike again? No, that sounds like a motorbike. Um, I know that there's a lot of people out there that feel like they have been unsuccessful in developing and finding deep, real connections. And I'm telling you, the only reason that is, is because you are refusing to develop a deep connection with yourself. You cannot keep distracting yourself with other people. This life, the deep life, depth, connection, vulnerability, it demands solitude and it demands an unwavering commitment and loyalty to yourself. I've always said to Josh, babe, I love you with all my heart, but I love me more. You're my soulmate, but you're my second soulmate. I'm my own soulmate. And he's always known that from day one. And I've always been committed to the growth journey. I've been committed to it since day one. And I think it's because I have been riddled with so much darkness and I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to claw my way through it. And I knew the only way to do it was to endure significant discomfort, but I'm so glad that I did because it has transformed my entire life. And I don't see anything through the eyes of darkness anymore. And I want that for all of you guys. And I want you to know that it's possible. I mean, I've had a lot of experience with relationships. Um, a lot of them have ended um, poorly because of my inability to be intimate with myself. That's, that's the answer. And it's no coincidence that I have found a brilliant relationship now. It's not a coincidence. It's, it's a reflection of the work I've been doing with myself. Put, to put it honestly, that's what it is. So I guess if you're out there and you're struggling to make connections with other people or you're feeling isolated or alone, well, you know what you have to do. 
you have to connect with yourself first. You have to be vulnerable and open with yourself first. Everything else that grows from that will be a byproduct of whatever dynamic that you have developed with yourself. I hope that was helpful. I hope it wasn't too heavy. I hope it made sense. Um, If you have any questions, queries, or you're interested in having a chat, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore warrior project or on my website, thewarriorproject.com. Um, if you like this, please don't hesitate to share, give it a five-star review, blah, 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 all that jazz. Um, but other than that, thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you on the next one.